Hi everyone, welcome to day three of our special edition of Human Centered on location at South by Southwest 2022. I'm Nick Brunker, a group director of Experience Strategy and your host for the show. Thanks for giving us a listen. Throughout South by VML YNR's EMEA Chief Experience Officer Karen Boswell has been checking in with us and offering some fascinating daily updates on the trends she's seeing and conversations she's having on the ground. Plus, each day she's wrangled some amazing special guests for us as well, and today is no exception. Joining Karen and I today on the podcast is Saul Rogers, who is the Global Director of Innovation at Magnopus, also BAFTA Immersive Advisor and Chair of Immersive UK. Welcome both, thanks for joining us. Hi Nick, day three, this is so exciting. And Sol, amazing to see you again. Oh, it's great to see you too. And it's uh, nice to be hung over again around other humans. <laughs> I've been the last two years, so this is quite nice to be around other humans and a bit hungover. I know it's been such a long time. I'm just saying it's probably been three, three and a half years since we last saw each other. Yeah, I produced some children in that time. So. I know. Mm. Got two children, a new house, and a new amazing company. company. I know. Tell us about that a little bit. Uh, yes, yeah, so we so I founded a company called Rewind ten years ago that works in the immersive sector, creating experiences. And we got to know a really great company called Magnopus in Los Angeles by creating a complete digital twin of the Dubai Expo. And through that craziness of creating four square kilometers and 200 companies, architects and all the rest of it, uh, we just decided we'd be better if we were one company. So now we have the studios in Los Angeles and London and about 200 people globally, which is super fun. That's incredible. It's so good to see you again. And you, I think you've got, you've got younger. Uh, I've got taller hair. You distract people with hair and glasses. Yeah. Everyone thinks you look younger. <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about your background and, and kind of what, what you do day to day, if you could uh, spend a couple of minutes before we dive into the South by stuff. Sure. Um, so my day to day role is looking for like what we do next. So to do with partnerships, with technology and with clients and with a bit of business development. So I'm always looking for what are we going to do next as a business? The business itself works really strongly in the film industry. So we do a lot of virtual production work, um, usually very high end, very difficult stuff. We're not a huge team, but it's like when John Favreau calls, you go, yes. So we're kind of that sort of company. Um, and then we do some big work for hire projects. So big VR experiences. So we helped Pixar do Coco a few years ago, which let people socially, come, amazing. socially come together and play in one of their movies. Um, and then at the minute, which that can. it was good. It was good. It was good. <laughs> and a lot of our stuff now is about hybrid reality, and the M word, which we don't say out loud because, you know, so it's about. Is that the metaverse dirty word? That See, you just did it. See, she just did it. They, he, we don't talk about that, <laughs> except for yesterday. <laughs> for anyone that didn't tune in yesterday. Yeah, it's probably the most annoying buzzword of the truck, isn't it? It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a very important subject, but it's so big. And with Facebook rebranding themselves as meta, it's kind of like ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a recurring theme. I, I believe that we're moving towards a place where digital and physical are integrated. We already have a digital version of ourselves that lives in a 2D space, so it's going to be a 3D connected. real soul? I don't have you, your avatar. This is uh, no, you've got the real one. twins. Somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's having a great time. He's drinking margaritas. Um, <laughs> Not yet. I'm so, over. <laughs> he will. That's a good. That's a good question. Does, does your digital twin? Yeah, my digital twin the will be hung over. Yeah, <laughs> connected. But I do believe that we're going to end up in a place where there is always a hybrid, and I think we're already there. It's just really clunky within the 2D devices we have. So 
we are working as a company of how you capture and distribute and give reach and feel socially present with people in that layer. Some people call it the yeah. metaverse, but it's it's more than that. It's meant to be more tangible. It's like it is. It is more than the metaverse. It's, well, yeah, yeah. It's probably something stupid to say, but it's something the current people it's are addressing. That might be an internal product name. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. I promise you it's not. <laughs> Yet. So Yet. I work in that sort of And I'm super excited about how technology can kind of help humanity kind of be better, whatever that may be. Yeah, amazing. Let's take us through what today. I'd love to hear more about what uh, what today <laughs> what today sounded like at South By. I mean, I, it, we talked meta a lot yesterday, as a matter of fact, both the company as well as the thing. Uh, but what were the big key takeaways from today? Um I'm going to jump in with, uh, I met the most amazing uh, person this morning um, uh, on the health trek, actually. And uh, we had a really interesting conversation around the importance of bringing emotional intelligence into boardrooms so that you drive change within organizations for the better of their people. And I thought that was just, it's very close to my heart, um, you know, as somebody who brings human-centered design thinking to transfa transformation and experiences. Um, and it was just really fascinating to hear about um, the business side of things, the coaching and the mentoring that they're bringing to lots of different people so that well-being and happiness and health are considered within organizations to help organizations thrive and ultimately deliver better experiences wherever, whenever. So I thought that was such a good starting point for me. And I kind of like wanted to mic drop at that point. I dragged <laughs> myself around a few more tracks. I've had some more points for Nick, but. Well, the thing, I don't understand how that's just not like normal practice. Yeah. I don't know what happened and went wrong in companies where the idea that we didn't care about the humans that work in the company. No. Like it always kind of, it was, it always shocks me that the, we are having to relearn that force that as a change yeah. within businesses because happier people do better work. It's really, really simple. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because um, I don't know that it's not there. It's just not the most important thing. It's like the last five minutes on a an agenda of, mm -hmm. in a room full of important than the first five minutes on an agenda. And I think um, a lot of companies, when they go public and they have to trade, they are stakeholder primary beneficiaries. So yeah. they are chasing the sales um, and so that filters down through the organization and over time people just get squeezed and squeezed and I think what's interesting at the moment is that we've all been squeezed <laughs> by forces beyond the yeah. control of any organization and it's really just put that lens back on well we need to kind of start with those people making decisions and just you know EQ and then IQ so yeah. I love that we I mean even for us We've had to, being now that we're international, so London and LA working side by side, realizing that the humans in LA and London look the same. Culturally, we're completely different. The work ethic is different. The expectations are different. But how do you make an organization that can look after everyone and give them all yeah. they need? The weather is definitely different. Too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Changes. There's definitely yeah, London people going, can I go to LA for three months? <laughs> yeah, we can figure that out. But it's, it's, you know, the, the big thing where, you know, even for us in the boardroom, we just said it costs us 30% of someone's salary to rehire someone. Mm -hmm. It's just a bad idea. Wouldn't mm. it be better to keep them and mm. keep them happier for as long mm. as possible? Mm. Just the financials make sense. And sometimes you have to do that. Like, yes, yeah. we will make 
a difference to the bottom line, but the bottom line can be affected yeah. quite upfront just by caring. Yeah, which actually brings me on to my um, related, and you're going to probably try and guess what the, the theme is here, but I've known you for a long time and I know you to be an empathetic leader. Like you genuinely are, and I, you know, I think um, I've witnessed Sol with his team, with his companies, um, and genuinely like, you can tell people love working with you and for you, which is, um, it's fine. you can pay me like that. I mean, <laughs> no, genuinely, you are like, you are remark remarkably empathetic first. Um, and the other thing I think that's been um, refocusing and recircling around is that ability to contextualize to what's going on with the people in the team mm. around you and how that is different from morning to afternoon afternoon let alone day to day so week to week yeah. and how do you actually bring that into the forecast for your business and, and yeah. how do you actually allow you know you sort of mentioned a 30 percent investment on a on a person but actually then um what do those environments look like what are the physicalities of it how do we keep connectedness with people in this new hybrid world so the second sort of theme and this is more off track actually mainly because everybody's ducking the metaverse um, meetings now <laughs> everybody off track is kind of starting to gravitate to some of the physical pop-ups and stands here where they're looking at the future of work the future of moving around the future of being in la versus london and like what that means for our people and our connectedness and if you have a viewpoint on that or yeah whether so it starts I, anything no i i see it too so we we pulled the trigger of allowing everyone to be fully remote forever if they mm. want to we haven't actually opened our LA facility or our London facility at all. So they're still shut and we're going to open them up in May, hopefully. Um, and we're having to pivot and change a lot of the infrastructure to make it so that there will always be people that aren't in the studio anymore. And so, and we already had that because half the team was in another mm. country. So we were kind of used to working across time zones and across virtual and physical. But by pulling the trigger and saying, no, you can, your choice, stay at home forever. Mm. be part-time in the office or be full-time in the office whatever you want mm. and change it means that there's like a stability of choice for the, the people in the company instead of saying you must be one or the other yeah and so we did that about six months ago and it took a big amount of effort to real you know to really do that yeah. because it's not it's not because the pandemic it's because actually it's the right thing to do yeah we have proved that the company can work this way and that people are happier yeah but also there are people that aren't happier and yeah. need to be together yeah. more often yeah. because they're either the work or where they are in, yeah. within their lives or you know socially needing it or mentorship requires for it yeah. and so but there are other you know who have kids and want to be at home a hell of a lot more and that's totally fine too yeah. and so by shifting that to being like it's this is permanent now yeah that's been really good the, the other part of it just to round it out is that we do create you know vr worlds and so we are creating our own digital twins of our our two facilities so people can visit them as an avatar within a hybrid space have meetings within it but we can also see those people visiting it through augmented reality is that project microverse <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the idea of feeling present with each other and having that hybrid reality where it's not just slack or a few zoom calls where you do feel like you know the spaces. So I know the, the new Magnopus office inside out. In fact, everybody does within the UK, having none of them have ever visited there because we digitally visit there every day. But I, I'd imagine too, the, to build on that point, and I, I think you touched on something, it takes very in, intentional work to make that feel authentic. 
because it's easy to say, yeah, we're going to go even half and half or whatever you guys want to do. But it takes that extra level of, of true empathy to say, we're going to do it this way, but we're also going to make sure that everybody, because everybody has different situations. Everybody is being represented. We're being empathetic to the yeah. random and changing needs of everybody. And if you just say you're going to do it, it's different than actually not only acting uh, upon it, but working to be flexible and collaborative. That's one thing <clears throat> I'm sure you're feeling in your world, Saul, that, that Karen and, and John Cook and all of our senior leaders at BML are doing. Much as, as I'm sure you're working in you know, the, the challenges of a global environment, we're in the same boat. So it's, it's one thing to say you can do it, but then to actually be very intentional, that's a must. Otherwise, the whole thing will crumble. Yeah. And you have to, you have to like prove it. You have to be from the top down that this is okay. Um, there was one point where we were going to say, everyone has to be in the studio Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, core days. This is what it's going to be. Um, but the reality of that would have been that we, there's been a great, uh, benefit from doing this, which we now hire some amazing people all over the country to work with us because they can stay remote. Yeah. They've got families, they've got roots, they live in Scotland. They're not gonna fucking move to us. So, sorry, they're not <laughs> gonna move to us. Um, and so their ability to stay where they are and still work with us means that our recruiting drive has just changed overnight yeah. from really difficult to really like easy to fill roles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, that, and that's um, that diversification of talent. Yep. Um, and removing geographical borders, I think, is um, is great and great timing for Brexit. <laughs> well, we've got, we've, got a few, we've got a few staff that want to move internationally. Yeah. So there's a couple of guys that say, "Can I go? I want to go back to Italy for six months." Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah you can. Yeah. yeah. Go for it. it. Go live in a lovely village in Italy, and Amazing. you can still work for us and still participate and still be part of it. Yeah. yeah. And it's um one of the things that is I think missing from South by this year is the attention on what enables this. So the conversation is happening. Yeah. Where's the enabling technology or the connected, you know, Slack have got a little pop-up I've yeah. seen and, you know, there's there's token hints of it, but actually there's a big gap on that. Well, there's a big, there's a big tech gap mm. at South by this year. It's about, yeah. it feels smaller, quieter. Yeah. yeah. It seems, there still seems to be good stuff happening, but to be fair, like, this is just the beginning of the pandemic evening. So yeah. there's a few of us that needed to come out and drink margaritas and like see everybody else and like connect. But there's a whole I'm getting a feel for it. your diary while you're here. Oh yeah. <laughs> that and some line dancing later. We'll work on that. <laughs> uh, make sure you, you videotape that. We want to make sure we add that to our, our show notes here. We want to link to the video of you line dancing. That's a fact. Do that. But no, the, you're all right. The infrastructure, how is what is the fabric that connects everybody together? Yeah. Um and how do you stay and feeling present, feeling connected? Yeah. Um, not only for doing work, but for feeling supported, feeling culturally, feeling like you've got friends. Yeah. Like there's been a real difficult thing to make sure that people can still feel like they are part of a group and a company, yeah. not just yes. doing the work and delivering yeah. another email. Yeah. I think the word resource has taken on a new a new meaning, hasn't it? How do we resource our people? Yeah. Like not just with equipment, but with the right headspace the right heart space you know yeah. how do we how do we actually do that um the other thing i want to i want to not miss this so i had one other takeout that i wanted to um just touch on really quickly and i'm going to go to space now because <laughs> you can't come to 
Austin, Texas and not go and hear NASA say something at least. So um, NASA are looking to build a commercial space station. And I went to listen to their talk around putting people safely in space. Um, It's science fiction until it's not. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought that, that, that was really interesting. But I know you've like space and exploration of space and what you do is something I know you're yeah. quite excited yeah. about and I didn't know if you had seen anything or heard of anything um yeah so we on that ilk. um so we've been we've worked with NASA a few times on a couple of projects um there's a there's a VR project called Mission ISS which is on the Oculus Quest yes. where we've sent two and a half million people to space to let them be astronauts yeah um so we're we're really connected with what that whole thing is and where you can go with it I'm excited about how they're next mission to the moon with project artemis is going to be phenomenal to be able to to give us that ambition to where we're going i think i think space and space exploration although we should probably look after the climate first and look after the planet first before we think about too broader is it is an absolutely sensible thing to do because it pushes so many technologies forward the space race the original space race changed so many technologies that we use today across it and we until SpaceX stepped up to the plate, we yeah. were kind of floundering. Yeah. So I am 100% towards going to the moon yeah. and also setting up a, a Mars base. I think yeah. it's absolutely what we should do. I don't think I want to live on Mars. I, don't, I think I'm fine here. I like our blue planet. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really interesting that they're opening up the next space station. It will be a commercial enterprise. Yeah. It won't be paid for by a company. Um, it will have a hotel on it, I'm absolutely sure. Yeah. Although, did they, you see... Yeah, very much a commercial space station, for sure. And did you see that the uh, ISS is getting its own film studio? Yeah. They're, they're docking an extra module on it, which is a film studio. I'm like, of course they are. Well, there's there's where you can now, you can do your next remote work job from up there. They'd be fine. You could work from Italy, you could work from London, you can work from LA, now you can work from space. It's great. Well, we did have this idea about using, so our, the, because we have the space station as a 3D asset and we can put people in there to have meetings. Casual, just like that. Yeah. But yeah, again, we've got that. We like the idea of enabling uh, MPs and po- political um, movers and shakers to be able to have meetings in space, to be able to look down in like a, a place which was, you know, look outside. The mess they've created. Literally, <laughs> literally look out the Kepler window and say, like, this is the planet that you guys are trying to solve uh, to look after. So what can you do with it? So, yeah, we offered that up recently. I like that idea. Can we maybe just send a few of them out there, though, and then cut off? <laughs> and they say, they're not doing so well. Absolutely. Oh my gosh! And now I've been thinking about too the this the experience lens, which we've been kind of touching on over the last few days when we've been talking with you, Karen. <clears throat> what were the things that you took away from today that from an experience lens you're going to be talking about? Um, so there was one resounding theme that struck a chord, and it goes back to where I started as well. Um, and that's the sort of biohacking, as the as they were talking about it. Um, but how do we understand our sleep patterns? How do we um, hack our circadian rhythm? How do we hack our immune system? Margarine. And there's a, <laughs> yeah. 
I'm not sure it's sustainable, if I'm honest, but, and, and in fact, I found out this morning that alcohol disrupts your third and fourth sleep stages. So you might have a good first and second, but you disrupt your third and fourth and actually that can throw you off. And, um, and so I spent a good few hours on the health track, sort of understanding around uh, the right levels of caffeine um, versus your blood types and then um, when to exercise if you have a certain circadian rhythm and all this kind of stuff. So I, I quite enjoyed that experience. I ended up being there for about three hours just um, exploring what my biohack was. And there was a company called Purple who kind of worked out the different characteristics, sleep characters, and it's a good place to start actually. So I'd recommend checking that out. So uh, that whole experience was great. If you haven't made it over to the health track yet, I would definitely go and spend oh, a couple hours hanging out there. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, lots of different talks, lots of um, genuinely nice, accessible, smart people in that field whereas before it's felt quite clinical in yeah. the in the past i've sort of gone in there and they're attaching things to bodies <laughs> and kind of like ele electrifying you slightly and you come out with all these weird gadgets that you maybe use once and then like go in a special box for stuff i shouldn't have brought at south by but um well there's so much opportunity there within yeah. the, within health for ourselves we've, we've managed to get moving into feeling that fitness is an important area yeah but there still isn't anything that makes it really simple to work out, you know, what am I putting into my body and what effects yeah. does it have on me? Yeah. But it's all just like circumstantial yeah. until we get a few of these things that, you know, heart rate's a perfectly good thing to measure, but it doesn't really tell you anything of yeah. it telling you your heart is beating fast or not. Yeah. I need to know that my heart is beating fast because I've drunk this or I've eaten that yeah. and I need to cut down this. So it's more about the like the digital doctor that's with me all the time to look after me. Yeah, I'm laughing because everybody's talking about grilled cheese in the background. I've got no idea if that's... <laughs> that's not going to be good for your fitness track either. Your, your, your fitness trackers are going to go <laughs> off. <laughs> um, and I think to build on that, my second part of that experience, and again, sort of just bringing it back to the theme um, of the sort of empowering side of it, a lot of this now is about giving this information um democratizing accessibility to it in ways that normal people yeah. that aren't medical experts can understand it for themselves as well and i think we've seen that to your point through devices but actually demystifying things like sleep patterns so that i can kind of go in and spend half an hour on a website and go oh all right no, oh, I'm I'm the bear type, which yeah. I am. I'm a bear type. There's like a wolf, a bear, a dolphin, and something else. It's quite interesting, actually. And just even how they visualise that information and present it. You know, it just feels more human. It feels people first by design. It's you know, it's all of those things that are just making people more empowered to look yeah. after themselves. So I think that as an experience, there's sort of two halves to it for me. I think there's something interesting about that too, when you talk about the connective tissue between what you just said and what we were talking about in terms of the future of work, because I could speak for myself. I, I have trouble uh, not necessarily removing myself from the office being at home, but being very aware of like working potentially more hours. And I know I've heard of a lot of people that, that over the course of the pandemic found they, they found themselves working more and if nothing else, just kind of sitting around because they're literally not walking to work. They're not walking to a subway or a train or or even just getting a chance to go to the office gym or whatever, because you're literally at your house potentially 24 hours a day. And if you talk about some of the things, Saul, you were just saying where you could be in a different country, or you could just be at your house all day. Sometimes maybe that the focus on your health takes the casualty. 
And that it's interesting that there's now technology to be able to follow you and help you be a better version of yourself more than you may have otherwise have. I know my, my Apple Watch is a good example. If, if I didn't have it on, and the very, very rudimentary example, I'd probably be sitting down all day. I have a standing desk, but it just doesn't register. It's like, oh, I've been sitting for an hour. And so without that rhythm and technology to help me get better at, oh, I need to drink more water, or I need to stand up today, or I need to go for a walk, I probably wouldn't be nearly as, and not that I'm in shape by any means, just look at me, but I would be in a position <laughs> to uh, probably be um, more at risk than I otherwise would be because technology is is in my life and is able to tell me, hey, dude, you got to be better than what you are right now in terms of your activity because you're just sitting around all day. Well, the humanity itself has evolved to try and conserve, conserve energy. Like it's not good to waste it. So part of our like brain chemistry is don't move if you don't have to eat as much fat and sugar as you can. So you store things because sometimes you might need to run away from a wolf or you're not going to get to eat for five days and you live in a cold place. So like intrinsically in, into our evolution up till, you know, a couple of thousand years ago, we needed to be lazy basically to yeah. survive. Yeah. Now we're in a place where we have plenty we're almost trying to fight against our evolution to try and go, well, I also need to move and be healthy yeah. and run and lift and whatever. Yeah. So you're always fighting against like your body saying, no, 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 you don't have to. You're not being chased by a wolf. Sit down, have, you know, eat more chocolate, be more lazy, store more fat for the winter. Yeah. That Hershey bar will definitely be, be coming in handy. It will help me get through the rest of the day. I need that thing so that well, I can do better she, work. Yes. Why- tastes so good like it's pleasure responses <laughs> to things that body wants you to take on it's and we're back to margaritas <laughs> ah, exactly yes. and, and six degrees of margaritas exactly we always end up here at the end of the show uh, before we do run out of time i'd love to uh shift to our our pattern of quote of the day question of the day key theme of the day unless karen you had some other closing thoughts before we get to those things no i i think i think we're good to i, I I feel I need to go and get solar margarita. So um, <laughs> it's calling my, you. Quote of the day: <laughs> the plural of Lego is Lego. <laughs> I, I just it made me laugh. Coming out of a very why do the Americans say Legos? It upsets me. <laughs> I don't know. Nick, can you can you? Uh, I am very guilty of it. I am today years old when I realized the plural of Lego is Lego. So apologies for <laughs> all of us on this side of the pond. I mean, how did you come to find out this beacon of information today? Um, Lego are sponsoring the little cycle so cool. thing. I don't know what you call I those things, Lego. actually. Anyway, um, and it's on the back of all of them. <laughs> And it just struck me as I come out of uh, Austin Convention Center, um, having listened to a, an, another fascinating talk um, about IP. And I was just like, head down and looked up and I was like, there's my quote of the day, cycling past me. <laughs> it, just, it struck a chord. Very cool. Do you have a, have a quote of the day? Is there anything um, uh, Listening to a man saying, I wish I'd bought more Banksy's. <laughs> have you been to the Banksy exhibition yeah he's oh, bought enough Banksy's talk about amazing but, experiences yeah. but bloody hell I loved that I could have spent all day there yesterday um the question of the day for me is what's my data worth so that's yeah. quite interesting um and not one I'm gonna try and answer <laughs> no for me, for me it's actually more it's about artificial intelligence it's like when will AI replace creativity <laughs> 
which is a big question yeah. and I don't think it's very far away. Uh, it's interesting. Um, that is a whole other podcast on its own. It's I remember curious. writing about that a long time ago, actually. And the idea of like Watson as a thing in a room with a bunch of creatives and it would just be like spontaneously combust, especially with creatives that I, I was working with at the time. Um, and the theme of the day probably picked up on it throughout this um, podcast, but definitely emotional intelligence. Um, it's bubbling everywhere, you know, whether we're talking about empathy first, whether we're talking about EQ before IQ, whether we're talking about putting emotional intelligence in, into leadership and, you know, it it is everywhere as a conversation at the moment which makes me very happy and gives me um, a positive feeling for the outlook on the future of how we create and design all things. Similarly babe I was um, key theme for me was actually around the future of politics Ooh. and the future of democracy hmm. so they, we, thank you. they sure could <laughs> Sure, good. I mean, it really, I mean, you think about that though, and not to go down that rabbit hole because we could, like you said, spend lots of time in there in, in that uh, in that swamp, but um, it is pretty remarkable to think about the the impact that 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 emotional intelligence theme would have on political uh, political topics across the globe. Now, obviously, you're in in America, but you go into any place, especially in the world environment that we're in right now. I think the world would just be a little yeah. bit better if we had more emotional intelligence across the board. Well, think about it this way. We have digital cur- currencies now. You will have digital countries soon. Mm. We already kind of have them. Yeah. So there are places I subscribe to, and it's a group of people that I get together. It could be called World of Warcraft, could be called Facebook Horizons, could be called Twitch, whatever. And each of those places brings me together with a group of other people that I get on with, mm. and I pay taxes to have a subscription to be part of it. And that digital country that I'm part of, maybe I'll have a passport. Maybe it's going to need a treaty with the physical location that I'm living within so that I can exchange some like value back and forth yeah. where I'm domiciling. So I don't see it very far away from the places where the people that I want to be with are distributed far beyond the borders that yeah. I'm physically at. Yeah, I like that. It's crazy. I like that thought, but it's but that's a whole terrifying at the same time. It is, <laughs> it is. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Karen, Saul, that was awesome. Thank you so much for the conversation today. Really appreciate it as always. And uh, Karen, we will talk again tomorrow. Thanks again. Thanks, Nick. I look forward. I'll be live from the airport tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) as it's my last day in Austin. I fly home. So yeah, I look forward to that. Thank you so, so much. Pleasure. Thanks for letting me come and talk to you guys today. It's amazing. See you, Nick. Thanks very much. And thanks to you all for listening to Human Centered as well. To learn more about our CX practice and our approach to the work, check us out online at vmlyr.com slash CX. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.